Have you ever dreamed of becoming an interior designer? You don't want to go back to university, you don't want to work for a large firm, but you just don't know how to get started. You want flexibility, you want to pursue your passion, and you want to make income. Well, you should definitely check out the Uploft Interior Design Academy. It's my proprietary program that I've used internally for years and have made available to the public. Not only do you get video modules that you can take at your own pace, but you also get one-on-one coaching sessions with me, group coaching sessions with our Facebook group of Academy students, and so much more. If you're interested, Get more information and sign up for an exploratory call with me at affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. Once again, that's affordableinteriordesign.com slash academy. It's time to start living the life of your dreams. high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look be your own interior designer this is affordable interior design the podcast here's your host betsy hellman hi everyone how were your holidays i hope they were good i hope that they were relaxing rejuvenating and most importantly safe Um, I'm recording this before the holidays, so I have not yet had a holiday with my family, but I am looking forward to it being cozy, mellow. I am deeply going to miss spending it with extended family. We have a very small family. My husband and I are both only children, so really it's just us and our parents and our children. Uh, But still, even having one additional person in the mix can make a big difference and can make the day so much more special. So I'm going to be mourning the fact that my mother cannot be with us this year, that she's going to be back in Missouri celebrating safely, and that we won't get to see my husband's dad and his wife and you know, we won't get to have the neighbors over for Christmas Eve like we always do. Things like that. Little traditions that are changing, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, of all the changes that have been going on this year, well, it feels like quite a small sacrifice. And um, the light is at the end of the tunnel with this vaccine. So globally, I hope that we all have a little bit of hope this holiday season. And, um, you know, I really appreciate reflecting on the year ahead, the year past. This time of year, I carve out one whole day where I don't work, but I deeply reflect. I can't even remember what I reflected about last year. Like I make a private video that's just to me about my hopes and my dreams and looking backward, looking forward. And then I save it to my Google Calendar and I watch the previous year's video and make a new video. And for 2020, I even did a decade video, right? Um, This is not my idea. One of my business mentors, Lee Brower, has this idea that you should create these videos. And I was very inspired by it. This year, I am so reluctant to go back and watch my 2020 video. I don't want to know what I was thinking. I don't want to become demoralized by hopes and dreams that really didn't come true. But it helped me also to see what matters most. You know, having to slow down, 
um, because of COVID and because of our industry being so in-home based and because my children were then out of school in the spring. So having to slow down and reframe has made it more important than ever for me to continue being a part of my children's education, whether it means continuing to kind of teach them on the side or whether it means during the school year when school resumes normally, just being more a part of what they're doing in their classes. I think I've learned an important lesson that that has so much value. My kids still reference the springtime when the first half of the day, they do some kind of virtual learning. And the second half of the day, I'd take them on a walk to my storefront here in Dobbs and we would have an art project or read a special book or watch some videos and try a science project. It was just a really special time that felt quite overwhelming and scary due to the circumstances. But once all the fear has fallen away, it was a really special routine we got into that they still talk about. So I want to find a way to thread that through, even though I'm very anxious to return to quote unquote normal. I would say, in case you guys haven't picked up on it listening to the podcast, I am a person who likes control. I like routine. I live by schedules. I map out my day with time blocks, you know, sometimes right down to the five-minute intervals. And when COVID hit, all my grand plans, all my time blocks went out the window. And you know, if that wasn't bad enough, then in September, when my herniated disc happened in my back, I really had no control. I mean, I couldn't walk, let alone clean my house, let alone master my to-do list. Uh, I was no longer in control of my time frame. My doctor told me I had to dump all work for two weeks and just lay in bed and focus on healing. It was a really strange year of learning to let go, learning to surrender, learning that there's nothing more important than your health and the health of your family and being close to those you love. A lot of things were put in perspective, and I am really excited to announce that my back has been getting so much better. I was on schedule to have surgery on December 22nd, and a week before that date, I was able to cancel my surgery, and I just feel so, 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 so grateful, just awash with gratitude. In fact, one of you listeners made a really big difference for me. I think you wrote into Facebook. I can't remember how your tip came this way, but you recommended based on hearing my story on the podcast that I pick up this book. I think it's called You Can Heal Your Back by Dr. Sarno. And I listened to the first two chapters on audiobook and it was a game changer. It was a game changer. And you know, I do think that sometimes the mind-body connection can be overplayed. Um, the fact that you can heal yourself with your own thinking and your own sort of perception. But I think sometimes it's underplayed. And boy, oh boy, reading just those two chapters, even though I plan on reading the rest, right? Um, 
has made a huge difference. And I really attribute reading those two chapters and getting that book recommendation for a substantial part of my healing. So dear listener, whoever you are, thank you so much for recommending that book. And if you guys are struggling with back pain, if you've struggled with back pain in the past, I know several of you wrote me with ideas for helping in terms of physical therapy and exercises. If you're continuing to struggle, I recommend reading that book. Of course, there's always underlying conditions that can make that mind-body connection a difficult one to attribute salvation to, right? But in this case, um, I do think a large part of my back pain was kind of a reaction to losing all control in my life and kind of trying to hang on to things that seemed to be out of my grasp. So anyway, I look forward to 2020 being one in which I conquer the goals that I put on the back burner, including that darn YouTube channel, because you guys have asked and kept on me and I appreciate it. But I tell you what, if I was looking for an excuse not to do the YouTube channel, which some days it seemed like I was, my herniated disc was a good excuse. Let's put it that way. But I hope to have no more good excuses in 2021. I hope to start realizing some really big dreams and I can't wait to fill you in on them. I hope that you also get a chance to realize some really big dreams in 2021. You listeners are so important to me and it's really great to hear from you to receive your emails, to get to peek inside your homes and offer my humble opinions on how to make them better. So it is a um, privilege that I do not take for granted. And I wanted to thank you for yet another amazing year of podcasting. Also a huge shout out to my producer, Catherine Heller. Um, she's the one that really let me know that I could do this. And she's still... Um, produces my podcast to this day and makes me sound wonderful and takes out some of those ums that I've been saying as I've been struggling for my thoughts today. But um, I really appreciate her. I really appreciate you. And I really appreciate that my back is getting better. All right. Into the mailbag we go for the last episode of 2020. Okay. Digging in here, my question comes from Melissa. Melissa writes, hi, Betsy. Greetings from North Carolina. This is the first of what will be, I'm sure, many emails from me over the next months. I just became a premium member. I'm going to do my best to keep your mailbag full. Please do, Melissa. I can't wait for more questions. Like Allison in episode 255, my partner and I are in the planning stages of our first home build. I am really looking forward to hearing her questions over the coming episodes, as I suspect she will encounter different conundrums than me. I'm sending you good vibes, Allison. My first question is about style. Since this is a new build, we get to make all the decisions about the interiors. You often say to let the existing architecture of the home guide your design decisions but I get to create that architecture to some extent. I can be all over the map about style and I am paralyzed by the prospect of making bad decisions. If you were working with a client in my situation, what questions would you ask them to help them discern what style direction to go with in terms of their interior architecture? We want it to be satisfying long-term. Thank you in advance for your time. I'm so grateful to have you as a resource, and I'm glad to know how much you enjoy enlightening us, Melissa. Melissa, I do enjoy enlightening you. So here we go. I'm about to enlighten you on your dilemma. You have 
of a link slate. Tabula rasa. You can do whatever you want. And for many of us, that's a dream come true. And for others of us, that is paralyzing. For me, I might be a little paralyzed as well with all the decisions, all the opportunities, all the choices you have available to you. The very first place I would start is looking for inspiration photos. Maybe, maybe you want to look for exterior inspiration photos first. How do we want it to appear from the outside? Because perhaps that will dictate some interior choices. For instance, if you're really in love with a ranch style outside, you know, that lower home that only has one level, well, then that's going to deeply impact what you do inside. If you love a Victorian space, like one of my clients recently in New Jersey, who built a brand new Victorian inspired space from scratch, well, then you know you're going to have multiple levels. And that alone is going to inform some of your design decisions. So what it looks like externally sets you up right before you even walk in, that first impression for what you will see inside, both in style, color, etc. Now, when you're through that door, you also want to rely on inspiration pictures. So I highly recommend you scour websites like House, Apartment Therapy, Lonnie Mag, House Beautiful, right? These often have external as well as internal pictures, and you can sort through them and really start to see a through line. Now, this is definitely an exercise that I would recommend that you do with your partner. Or if you feel like you don't want to compromise by searching together, why don't you guys, this could be a fun thing, search independently. So your partner looks for images that they find attractive. And then you guys share your Pinterest pages with each other after they're fully baked. So you can see where the crossover is. You can see where you're attracted to the same things. Or if you're on vastly different pages, you can look and say, you know, we both like one-story homes. You know, we're both interested in homes that have, I don't know, I don't know, basements, right? Or things like this. So I would be looking for that. And even if your partner is not aesthetically inclined, because oftentimes we find that when working with couples, that one member of the couple doesn't really care about the look of the space, they almost certainly always care about the functionality. And then typically the other partner really does care about the aesthetics, but by the time they find those inspiration pictures and show them to their partner, funnily enough, the partner starts to have opinions, right? Starts to say, you know what? Based on these pictures, I do see that I'm drawn to one more than others, that I'm really drawn to color more than to the neutral spaces or whatever, right? So it can be a really fun bonding activity as well. But then of course, there's always that third tier, right? Which is the budget, the builder, the specifications, the lot size. So these things will provide you with some parameters. But even if I were redesigning my home today, which of course you may have heard me talk about on a bonus episode from this month, how I am sort of redesigning my home right now. And when I'm even doing that for myself, 
I first look at inspiration pictures. I see value in so many different styles because I work in multiple styles every week. Each week I have between three and eight clients. So I'm constantly switching between styles. And the only way that I can truly understand a client's style is by looking at their inspiration pictures. Certainly what they tell me in words is quite important, but the most important component of understanding what they want is to see it in pictures so that I can translate one vision into a personalized vision for them. And that's the very same thing I would do for myself. So inspiration pictures, inspiration pictures, inspiration pictures, and maybe another great place to look for those resources would be the builder's portfolio. You probably selected your builder or architect because you liked what they'd done in the past. So use their previous photos of work they've done as your initial stepping off point because the builder is going to be a partner in all of this, right? And so if they can stay in their zone of genius, if they can do something that they know how to do really well, well then not only are they going to be in their element and producing an amazing product for you, but then you'll be sure to choose a builder who aligns with what you're looking for. So there we go. Those are, those are my first thoughts. And you know what I love to do is pick out all those finishes. Um, I worked a few years back at a place in the Hamptons and we got to tear it down to the studs and truly make it what the client wanted. And I got to choose everything from what color the switch plates would be to where the outlets would go. And it was some of the most fun I've had in my career, you know, deciding, oh, well, the nightstands are going to go here. So I want an outlet for each one. The TV's going to go here. So it's going to need a certain type of outlet. I mean, it was really liberating to be able to make our own choices versus being reliant on choices that had already been made for us that may not be optimal for our layouts. So if you do need a partner, to help you pick out outlets, door swings, etc. I am your gal. You can always hire me. Just go to affordableinteriordesign.com and I will help you to make your design dreams a reality. And now it's time for a quick commercial break. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com. Click on podcast to learn more and to become a premium member today. All right, let's go to my next question, which comes from Eleanor. Eleanor writes, Betsy, I'm loving your podcast. I heard you need some questions for your mailbag, and I'm having an existential crisis here. I could really use your help. We bought a home that was halfway through a remodel. I'm getting ready to remodel the guest bathroom, the kitchen, and decorate the main living area. 
but these doors are stopping me. Although I like the doors in the already remodeled section of the house, I don't love them. They have a large farmhouse style with white trim and the doors are a two panel arched top painted slate gray. It is a lot of look and they put in a lot of doors. Needless to say, I would say that my style is Zen modern sophisticated. I like a muted palette and lean toward earthy colors. One saving grace is that the already remodeled section is very separate and it only connects to the rest of the house through a single point through the dining room. But the existing remodel doors are visible through this entryway, which is 42 inches wide. What do I do? Do I keep going with the same style even though I don't love it? Should the new doors be the same color even though it's not what I love? Do I choose something complimentary? What would be complimentary but Zen modern? Do I change the existing arch top doors for something that I love? This dilemma is holding up the entire renovation. Thank you so much. Well, Eleanor, I'm very excited to help. So when you buy a place that's already built, unlike Melissa's situation, when you buy a place that already is in existence, it has a lot to say about the design that you go in, in the space. And if you choose a home that has a lot of personality, a lot of flavor, which it sounds like this home has, then you need to embrace that. You can't deny it. You don't want one of the sides of the home to feel farmhousey and the other side of the home to feel modern, right? That would feel really disjointed and would lack cohesivity. It would also make it really hard to sell in the future. So you will definitely need to continue some of the elements from the remodeled farmhouse side into this newly renovated side. Or you need to go into the other side of the home and start making some changes there with items that you didn't like. Uh, you kind of need to decide how much you don't like those elements. Now, certainly you could somewhat water them down in the new section of the home. Instead of having arched doors, maybe you could stick with that chunky molding with those panel doors, but not do the arches right? Maybe even consider painting them the same color as those other doors so that there is a through line, but you don't have to take it over the top. If this is a home you're going to be in for 10 to 15 years, I recommend while you've got those builders there, evaluating those other doors you don't like. If this is going to be your dream home, why compromise? You know, they're already in the space, Changing outdoors is small compared to other things that they might have to change out. And I think it would be worth the investment because I can tell you right now, if you don't do these things during phase one of your remodel, if you say, you know what, I'll get around to changing those other doors later, you will not get around to it. Remodeling your home is trauma. It's traumatic. It's difficult. People are in and out of your home all day that you don't know. They're messing things up. They're bumping your walls. You're moving your furniture. Everything's covered in plastic. I myself am staring a remodel in the face a few years down the road, hopefully not too long. Um, and I am putting it off, even though my home could certainly use some updates. I'm putting it off because I know how traumatic the process is. 
I know that, you know, maybe you'll have to move out of your space and live in temporary housing for a while. Maybe it's going to come well over budget and you're going to feel strapped for cash or that you're making decisions that, you know, start to get pretty pricey. All these things contribute to an overwhelm. And of course, in addition to managing your remodel, you've got to continue to manage your life. So I get it, right? You do not want to do this more than once. So if there's some low-hanging fruit, some easy changes that you could make to help you to love the remodeled side a little bit better and help you to make wiser choices on this new side, well, I say go for it. You know, of course, you want to crunch the numbers and you want to speak to your builder, but now's the time to make the changes you want to make or to come to terms with a style you don't really love and learn how to compromise. I myself am in an older craftsman style home. That's not really my jam, but I'm not going to change all the elements I don't like to make this no longer a craftsman. That's not practical in any way. So I'm going to take those elements I like of the craftsman style, the chunky woodwork, the leaded windows, and I'm just going to weave some of that in to the newly remodeled spaces I'm doing. Even though it wouldn't be my choice if I was building a new home from scratch, I love the idea of making compromises that better serve the architecture of the home and then help me to embrace the totality of this new partner, because that's what a home is. It's that other partner that's living with you in the space that gets to make design choices, whether you like it or not. And so the sooner you can start compromising with them, the more cohesive and beautiful your home will be. All right, guys, here's to 2021, hopefully a year with fewer compromises, hopefully a year with a little bit more control, but also a year of health, safety, and happiness. I'm wishing us all, no matter where you are, from Germany to Scandinavia to the United States to South America to Antarctica, I'm wishing us all a very happy new year. See you in 2021, everyone. Bye. You've asked for it, and we have answered the call. For years, you've been saying, Betsy, you're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about.
A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.